Well, good afternoon and welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. I'm Dan Edwards with the Eastside Real Estate team and we are live on Facebook and YouTube. You're welcome to comment. This is our new uh, StreamYard podcast system. We're trying it out. So if it's a little funky, um, uh, the complaint department is complaints at the Eastside Real Estate team. So fill that inbox with all of your complaints. In the meantime, it is Wednesday, September 22nd. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to talk a little bit about down payment. We're going to talk about what's going on in the housing market. Uh, we've got some great guests, uh, Pat Foy and Chris Steele with Beachwood Properties, talking about investing in properties. Um, if you are not a subscriber to the podcast, you can do so by subscribing. Uh, I think there's a bell somewhere here in, on YouTube that says subscribe or like or follow us on Facebook. Your uh, questions in uh, the uh, on the on the podcast are welcome. So feel free to add your questions, comments, um, and like I said, your criticisms go to the comments department. Uh, also. You can listen to these podcasts online, anywhere podcasts are podcasted, uh, Google, Apple Podcasts. I also believe we're on Spotify. So um, awesome. Now, let's before we get to our guests, we're going to have some real talk. And today we are talking about down payment. And uh, the major question is, is 20% down payment really necessary to purchase a home. And this is a common misconception. Now, certainly you could put more than 20% down, but what's the deal? What is the deal with that idea that you need 20% down? And what that does is that comes from some guidelines that talk about the risk to the lenders. So the lenders out there are looking to have some protection in the event that a market changes. And that's why they look at that 20% mark, because what they feel is your equity is enough that if you had to sell you could sell and still get out if a market were to go down a little bit. So that's where 20% comes uh, comes from. But the fact is, according to a lending tree survey, that um, those surveyed have found that a the major hurdle to them is saving up that down payment. And most individuals think that you have to have that 20%. But the truth of the matter is, is Fe Freddie Mac says that um, the average, the average down payment um, right now, I want maybe you can guess if anybody is online with the comments. Let's see if anybody. Nope, nope. I'm still waiting for somebody to comment, but let's just pretend like they are. Um, but the average uh, down payment right now is only twelve percent, so it's a big hurdle that a lot of people are out there considering putting a down payment and saving up a lot of money. And right now, home appreciation prices are gaining in excess of the time it would take you to save up the additional 8%, right? So home prices are gaining at a rate faster. It's interesting, uh, according to the National Association of Realtors, um, the most damaging myth right now is that 20%. It keeps people from moving forward. The truth of the matter is, is there are programs out there that will allow you to put 3% or even lower down. And we uh, put a call into our lenders to see if they could come and kind of explain the different programs they have. But the lenders are super busy. Why? Interest rates are super low. Buyers want to buy. So um, right now, I can tell you from um, a couple of different standpoints, there is down payment assistance. So Washington, Washington State Housing Finance Commission has options for home buyers. And what they do is they actually assist you with the down payment amounts. Now, does that mean you have to come to the table with zero down? Not necessarily. It does depend. So you should have some savings when you're looking for a house. 
Um, but there are USDA uh, programs. This is kind of weird. This is for rural properties um, on the outskirts of King, Snohomish, Pierce County. So you could actually go through um, the USDA backing and then VA loans. Now, VA loans are 100% guaranteed and they require 0% down. The advantage of a VA loan is that it provides um, the borrower the ability to actually get a similar rate without paying private mortgage insurance. And private mortgage insurance is kind of the big deal about the 20% down. So when you put more than 20% down, you um, don't have to pay private mortgage insurance. So while you don't need to pay 20% down, anything less than 20% down on a conventional or FHA loan are going to have some type of mortgage insurance. And remember, that goes back to my earlier comment uh, that said that um, that um, there, uh, there is that um, better desirability to be a 20% uh, or more down. Okay. Now, um, that being said, uh, just kind of talk about the environment in the housing market today is we have multiple offers and we have a lot of people who have saved up money down and their goal is to put um, a down payment, but they're having to come in with an additional down payment. So um, for some of the more competitive locations and situations, you may need to allocate more than 20% down. What happens is you go in with a an offer to buy a property and you declare that you're going to put 20% down. Now, if that property is, let's say, $800,000 and you bid it up to a million dollars, but the bank only says it's worth $800,000, you're going to have to come up with the difference between that and your down payment. I'm not going to do math on the fly quickly, but that's the reason why many people that are looking to be in a competitive market actually have to have more than 20% down. So... On one end of the spectrum, there is the 20% plus down. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, we are helping buyers get homes with less than 20% down, anywhere from zero to three and a half. Um, and I guess the first time home buyer, the average according to surveys is 7%. So long story short is that 20% down is a total myth. We have ways of helping you out. And if you're a prospective buyer and you don't want to put full 20% down, reach out to the Eastside Real Estate team. We will connect you with a lender that can go over all your available options because they're unique to all situations um, and um, providing you with assistance. So don't let that 20% down myth keep you from buying a home. All right. So up next, after this short commercial break, we are going to be talking with uh, Chris Steele and Pat Foy of Beachwood Properties. But first, here is our short commercial break. Let's see how this goes. I have to do that. Nope. I think I do that. There we go. So if you have mold, you need Advanta Clean of the east side. So Lynn and Stacy of Avanaclean, our certified mold remediation company, and they're specially trained to remove mold safely and effectively. We've recommended them to many of our clients, and I recommend them to you as well. If you are curious, you're not sure if you have an issue with uh, mold, uh, feel free to reach out to the Eastside Real Estate team, or you can call um, Lynn Ladle at Advanaclean at 425 419-6525. That's 
6525. And if you mention this podcast, you'll get 10% off your bid um, anytime you um, mention Dan Edwards with Eastside Real Estate or anybody on the Eastside Real Estate team. All right. All right. So welcome back to the show. And I am going to bring on our next guest here. And we are going to find the right I liked which one? This one. This one best. Yes, there we go. Sorry. All right. So we are here with uh, Chris and Pat, uh, Chris Steele and Pat Foy, uh, co-founder of Beachwood Properties Investment. Now I'll give uh, uh, Chris is a Boeing aerospace engineer who has 15 years experience owning and uh, renovating residential rental properties. Uh, Chris's engineering background has provided him with an excellent program of management and communication skills that are ideally suited to the real estate business. Now, Pat is a senior Boeing aerospace stress analyst. He is why the planes stay flying in the air, right? (laughs) He's got uh, 10 years experience owning residential rental properties and Pat's engineering background has provided uh, him with excellent analytical skills ideally suited for evaluating investments and the real estate business. Chris, Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dan. Great to be here. All right. Now, before we get started, is it true that you both secretly wish you were born an American? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are American. We have American. You are American. I know. I know. We don't don't sound sound American. We welcome you to our country. All right. (laughs) So... (laughs) So let's start by talking about real estate investing. So how did you guys get in uh, started in uh, real estate? Uh, well, there was, um, we always knew we wanted, well, I say we always, we four or five years ago decided we needed to do something else. And to cut a very long story short, we there was a rambler down the street from where I live on a huge lot. And within a year, that had been turned into for 1.2 million dollar homes and having searched for a while what are we going to do what we're going to do that was like oh we need to get into real estate so that was kind of the catalyst that triggered it really yeah we we wanted to start a side business we we really wanted to accelerate our retirement and, and get out of our jobs and we previously had rental houses single rental houses before but we really wanted to accelerate a lot and we're trying to think of a side business and we just thought to ourselves well this is something you don't have to make something or build a prototype or produce anything. It's already been done. And and there's so much literature out there that you can read and so many podcasts, you can learn it and follow what other people have done. So that's, mm-hmm. so we figured that it would be a good idea. And we met a lot of people, went to meetups and talked to guys like you, <laughs> learn the ropes. So actually, I think that's a key attribute there is setting up a time to just kind of gather information, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now you did, you have done uh, quite a few homes and flipping homes. Can mm-hmm. you still make money uh, doing that flipping homes here in the Northwest? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to take this Chris or do you want me to? Uh, yeah. Well, we, we have done, we we've done quite well out of it. Um, the market's been very good to us. Um, we're going to, we're, we're currently only have one going. We've done, we've done 10 or 11 flips um, and we've done, we've done quite well out of it. Um, it's We've been a learning of, experience, though, hasn't it? Let's oh, it's not, been a very it's not, learning experience. It's not HGTV. It's, it's <laughs> definitely not that. 
Well, let's, yeah. let's talk a little bit more about that because, um, you know, a lot of people, when they think about investing in properties, they go to HDTV, they think about that, the glamour, the, all those kinds of things. And, um, you know, I've been around a lot of investors and it's, it's hard work and it takes a uh, very careful consideration and, and, you know, reading your bio, Pat, talking about the analytics, right? Walk me through, uh, what is some great advice that you got from those uh, experiences that somebody can shortcut now and take that next step into doing uh, a, a property rehab? Um, so I'm being a, an aerospace analyst, tend to err on the side of conservatism whenever I'm running. Thank numbers. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and uh, <laughs> but it also works in, in the real estate world as well. You know, you, you don't know what the market's doing. We've, we've been lucky to have, uh, had so much appreciation in the houses that we've been that we've been buying and selling, and and to be honest, that's actually saved us on a number of occasions as well because we've made mistakes like everybody does that breaks out into a new business. And so my analysis that I'll I'll do there'll be quite a lot of conservatism in the cost of the rehab, and we'll pad all the numbers as best we can. And you don't really know what you're getting into. When you first go in, um, when you first kind of doing your, your first few flips, because you've not got the experience as to how much a rehab is going to cost, so you're kind of relying on general contractors and multiple bids, and you kind of get a feel for that as as and your analysis becomes more refined as you go on. But another th really key thing is, which is um, is important in the analysis, is what the after repair value is, the ARV, mm -hmm. and we we are quite conservative going into that because we can't guarantee what the market's going to look like in six months or in, in 10 months time. Right. So you, you kind of estimate it what it is right now with a bunch of comps and you work with real estate um, guys like you and, and you get an idea knowing that or hoping that it will it'll appreciate, but you're not banking on it in your numbers. And if that, if those numbers kind of work out that you can make your profit, you can pay for your rehab and you can buy the house, then you'll pull the trigger. Yeah, and, that actually answers the question. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, good. Yeah, and especially with the ARV as well. When when you're when you're buying a house flip, often you'll be buying it from a wholesaler, um, and they're they're going to pump up the ARV. They're they're going to give you a good ARV, and mm -hmm. and you've got to do your own homework and and be conservative with that number, and maybe not take the first number that they give you and put a bit of conservatism into the analysis and lower right. that just just to give you some buffer. Yeah, yeah, and so we'll make mistakes, and they'll yeah, cost and so. Money. And it'll always take longer. Yeah. And just to kind of, uh, for those watching later or listening now, a couple of terms, ARV after value, after after rehab value, yeah. and then uh, wholesalers. So wholesalers are individuals that are out there kind of knocking on doors, pounding the pavement, um, looking for individuals that might be um, just wanting to get the home unloaded. So it's not going to the market, right? Um, yeah. Now, how many different wholesalers have you guys worked with in the past? And what I mean by that is you have them sending you deals. Maybe you're not working with all of them. Yeah, we've, we've only worked with a couple um, because we haven't we haven't been doing the volume. We, it's not like we've been, you know, house flipping 100 houses. Um, so we've only worked with a couple. And quite often they're, they're out there finding deals and they've got multiple clients that are interested. So quite often you'll go to one of these flip houses and there'll be another group there looking at it. Um, but these wholesalers... In general, they 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 might have done house flips in the past. They know a bit about um, 
renovation and how much things cost and they know about the housing market so they'll they'll put a package together and say you know this is the house uh this is kind of what your renovation is going to cost and this is the arv but it's kind of down to you to double check those numbers and not take them at face value because that mm -hmm. that's where the errors can be and and that's where you can potentially get stung so essentially doing your own homework exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Excellent. All right. So you you have made a shift in your main purpose of investing and shifted to multifamily investments. So what made you make that shift to multifamily? Cash well, flow. Yeah, uh, cash flow. But <laughs> the thing about house flipping is it's very glamorous and it looks great on TV, but it's work and it's a transactional business. The moment you stop doing it is the moment you stop earning money. Uh, whereas if multifamily investments, if you can get yourself into a sort of large multifamily investment with a lot of units that are all pumping out cash flow, it's like having little oil wells out there constantly paying you money. Mm -hmm. And so we, we've started, we've already, while we were flipping, we were already in multifamily investments, but we've just decided to focus more of our attention on it. Yeah. And I think the, the key that you said there, Chris, is I've learned from some of my investing mentors that um that that flipping properties is a business because when like you said when you stop doing the business of flipping properties you're no longer making yeah. income but uh multifamily or even rental in you know rental houses is is an investment because it's basically making money while you're sleeping absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. so if you if you stopped doing anything on that because if i understand it correctly your multifamily properties all have property managers correct that's correct yeah. yes yeah. yeah so so a lot of your work was at the beginning picking yeah. and choosing the investment and then now you're you're your hands off looking for the next one sort of it depends on your property manager you have to manage um, the property manager as okay. well. and we've we've gone through it uh on one of our properties over in eastern washington and we we ended up switching property managers because we were getting no joy from that and it was becoming it was becoming a job for us to manage them and we're like we, this is this isn't working out it's got to be somebody better and the well and that that i think that's a good thing open for discussion is is your team right the, and this yeah. even goes back to the flipping properties is is the people that you surround yourself on your investment team that's key so how did you pick obviously property managers one but you have other partners in the multifamily investment right mm -hmm. okay and yeah. how do you pick those well you meet them you know, there's really no substitute with a face-to-face -face meeting. Go and grab a coffee with them, and just just find out what they've done, what they and what they uh, what they are doing. And, and you know, it's often if you get on with them, you're going to make reasonably good business partners. Chris and I are best friends, and we've been we've known each other for 20, 30 years now, and we've just we just work together great, really. Yeah, so no, you've got to you've got to meet them. Yeah, and and meeting them is not easy you, you got to go to meetups places where where real estate people are and, and conferences and you got to kind of get out of your comfort zone and, and and meet a bunch of people and you know not not every meeting you have or, or chat that you have is going to end up with something but you that could be the place you can find your partner uh, and we found partners and, and we flipped houses with partners uh, yeah. through going to a meetup and, and meeting people. So the, networking in those events. Yeah. Yeah. Just the value in that is huge, you know, and uh, so it's sort of a numbers game. So the more you go, the more people you meet, the, the better chance you've got of meeting the partner for you. Yeah. Is there a specific meetup or I mean, I know meetups, you can just kind of go there. But is there anything specific that you recommend for somebody watching this? Well, we went we went to uh, there's I can't remember what it's called, but the, the one, on real estate. 
there it is fixated on real estate it's tal yaba is the the guy's name who runs it and um used to be in red uh, in the renton area but now it's in bellevue i think near the college yeah uh and he also used to put together a conference each year it's i think it was called the badass i see my american accent there. Real estate. Bad badass <laughs> <laughs> and he put that together it was great like we went we went several years and it was awesome we, we'd see the same people there and it was great for networking and we met a lot of people and and they always had speakers talking about different things with real estate so it we got into it through that meetup primarily yeah, yeah. there's a big learning to, curve to go up basically when you're starting out gotcha and obviously finding mentors finding colleagues and stuff yeah. like that that's important totally. Yeah. All right. So multifamily investment. Uh, tell me about your uh, coaching that you guys are up to. Yeah. So we're we're just sort of we're still we're, we're sort of going to stop flipping so much. We're keeping our multifamily investments going, but also we're opening a kind of coaching arm to our company and we're starting a podcast. Um, we've also got a book in the works that will be out next year and then hopefully after that, an online course. And the reason we're doing this is just because we want to give something back. We've we've kind of gone from just being regular W two employees to to we're two still guys. regular W two <laughs> employees. <laughs> yeah, we are still we're still working, but we're also running three businesses. We we've got a flipping business, a multifamily business, and now coaching business, and we want to give something back. So we're we're, we're starting this coaching side arm of our business, and it's it's not so much real estate focused more entrepreneurship because you know not everyone's going to pick up real estate as their profession or in their side business or something so we just want to talk a bit about entrepreneurship and also we found that even if you know everything about real estate if you learn everything you could still fail and we found that because you need also need the success habits and you need to upgrade your mindset so we, we want to be teaching people about that kind of thing so who would be the targets for this uh coaching program well we are calling our podcast middle-aged and miserable because that's exactly what we were four years ago and uh so it's really for anybody who finds themselves middle-aged and miserable if, if yeah. they're in a job and they're now thinking, you're just old and miserable yeah, right? that's, it, yeah that's right <laughs> or, or even somebody younger that doesn't want to become middle-aged and miserable. they will become uh, middle-aged but not necessarily miserable yeah, they'll, yeah they can't fight that yeah 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 so, so, yeah, so it doesn't matter if they're real estate investor or or want to be or are involved in real estate. It's going to be a little bit of uh, mindset, right? Yeah. Habits of success, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be talking. Uh, it's if they're into real estate, that's great. It works. Whatever whatever side business or whatever business they have, we're we're going to be talking about uh, the importance of personal growth, which is like as we talked about earlier, stepping out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, as as you grow and you have this business, your problems will get bigger. So you have to get bigger. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have success habits like taking action, constantly taking action towards your goals and actually creating the goals. <laughs> A lot of people don't do that, but to create the goals and chunk them down into six months, one year, five year plans. And then also to be responsible and, and you know, not just kind of have an attitude of there's no deals out there or mm. the market's not favorable, you know, really taking responsibility and, and getting out there and there's also some tips and tricks on the things that we've learned by, about actually running a business one of the most, one of the interesting things that took us by surprise was you build a business when you've got no business it's all growth and then when it's growing and operating that takes time to run 
Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, we were just expecting this this growth to just keep going and going. But no, all our time is getting sucked up in operating a business. Yeah, like, absolutely. Okay, so we've stopped growing. So how do we fix that? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's a and and that's something that real estate agents run into for our business. You know, uh, we go out there and we procure a listing, or we're working with a buyer, and then you're working on that, and then you're not out there looking for more right. business. Yeah, yeah. It's the same so, with any business. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, we've, it, had to, we've had to purposely put aside time each day to work on actually growing our business because otherwise, like you're saying, Dan, you, you just kind of stagnate and you're just you're just operating and existing at that point. Yeah, we have to keep awesome. growing. And so what are, what are people going to find when they go to this website, Beachwood Properties? Anything? Uh, on, on our website, on beachwoodpropertiesandinvestments.com, it, it talks about um, our multifamily uh, properties. It's got some pictures of our house flips as well. Oh, is this the wrong URL? No, uh, no, that's right. Oh, okay. Uh, beachwoodproperties.com. Okay, I thought uh, I yes. heard you say propertiesandinvestments.com. So oh, I sorry. Sure. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It is beachwoodproperties.com. The company's the, the full name of the company is Beachwood Properties and Investments. Um, uh, it's got some some. It shows our properties that we have. We we are in a seventy unit property in Moses Lake, Washington and 173-unit property in Tucson, Arizona. And we're also passively invested in, in several properties in Texas, which are all on the website. And we've also got some uh, FAQs, uh, like and answering questions on what multifamily investing, how it works, um, and, and what, what the and syndication, plans, how a syndication syn- works. Yeah, yeah there's, there's loads of information on there that people can go in and take a look at if they want to learn about multifamily investing. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, you guys, it uh, looks like we're about at time. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming in and sharing. And, and uh, I've, I've had lots of conversations with both of these guys about real estate, real estate investing and mindset. And uh, uh, feel free to go to their website. Reach out to me. I'll put you in contact with them. Um, and uh, I, I highly encourage you that if you're looking at middle age or you're looking at your job and you're and if, if anybody's read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the idea is yeah. to have that job then to feed that passive income. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I'm a real estate agent, so I can't think of a better investment. But I know there's stocks out there. I know there's Bitcoin out there. But there is <laughs> not a investment like real estate where you can actually rent out that investment to others. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like it. Real estate is it. Um, I highly recommend that that you you find a pathway uh, to taking the next step. Reach out to these guys; they'll be happy to to over a pint or uh, a workout share um, uh, share. And and just one more question for you guys: How much weight can you lift over your head? Not as much Not as, as you. much as you, Dan. Of course. True. Very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I appreciate Thank it. You. Thanks, Dan. Thanks a lot. Right. Bye. We'll see you later. All right. Uh, we will now finish out the show with just a kind of a, a, a humble brag, if you will. Uh, we had a great bit of success with uh, a property, and I want to just share you share the story briefly. Let's see, I'm trying to share a uh, screen, and oh, there we go. Okay, we're going to do Chrome tab and this one. So we listed this property last week. Uh, I think you can see it. There we go. Uh, this is in Bellevue. This is an adorable three bedroom, two bath. And I, that's funny that I'm noticing the stream yard kind of slows things down a little bit. So forgive me if it's chunky, but just a cute, adorable home, uh, listed for nine 
75. We had 16 offers yesterday and sadly could only pick one uh, to be the new owner of this home. Uh, and it went quite a bit above asking. So over 20% above asking. And the reason why I'm sharing this, yes, is a humble brag, but also too, to let any of the folks out there know, if you know of anybody that has a home that maybe they're sitting on, they're thinking about maybe selling it in a year or two years from now, um, there's something going on right now with a lack of inventory that is driving a tremendous amount of uh, competition. Love an opportunity to talk to them. Maybe the house isn't ready. We've got some resources for you out there. Um, but most of all, I want to just thank everybody for watching the Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. I'm Dan Edwards, managing broker of the Eastside Real Estate team. We'll see you next time. Take care.